0: You know, we're talking with Jose Molina, new catcher for the Rays, you know, and again, no disrespect to the guys that were here last year, but I mean, you're known for being a great receiver of the baseball, framing pitches, um, you know, and it's a very fine art, and you have to know, you know, what, what a certain umpire is like, and you obviously know the American League umpires. Tell me a little bit about about that art of, of framing pitches and, and being a great receiver. How important is that in the game of baseball? Well, it is huge, you know, the first, the first thing, I mean, you frame the ball to, to make every pitch look like a strike, you know, uh, the umpire is going to tell you what, what what the pitch it is, uh, if it's a strike or ball, but at the same time, uh, as a catcher, you have to make, try to make every pitch look like a strike, if, if you go uh, that way, it, it, it will make everybody easier you know a lot of umpires doesn't like the pressure of close pitchers and right. so next fish they may give it to you i'm not saying they're all like that but there are some like that plus you have to uh make sure that your pitcher hit the spot you know yeah. if you don't hit the spots then um it, it, nothing matters pretty much you know uh and and a lot of practice you know a lot of practice a lot of repetition of, of receiving the ball and uh and that's how I learned this this game. You know, just how to catch it. Just simple. Just just practice.
1: Good morning, and welcome to episode 84 of Effectively Wild, the Daily Baseball Prospectus podcast, uh, in New York, New York. I am Ben Lindbergh, and joining me, as almost always, is Sam Miller in Long Beach, California. Hello, Sam.
2: That's the second. Time in a row yes. that you've introduced me by noting that I have almost <laughs> always been there for you. Is this a, yes, right. a is this a thing that you're now I think passive so. aggressively pointing out to me? <laughs>
1: well, I've almost always been there for you.
2: Is my review coming up and you're laying the groundwork?
1: <laughs> right. There was that one time. Um, so but you brought a, a topic today, which
2: is So did you did too, right? Uh, no. It's Friday. Um hmm. It's okay though. I have one and it's your. The topic is actually you. So, uh e. I it's, can your, talk it's your about that for a while. Okay. It's your piece about um, Jose Molina.
1: Oh, the Molina topic. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, Excellent. uh so we can just pretend we both came with that. Sure. So, um in case anybody missed it, um you should go back and read Ben's piece that he wrote, I believe Wednesday, um about catcher framing and Jose Molina who is probably your favorite player right now i think yeah
1: possibly um
2: other than maybe who is it uh brian Bruni. brian <laughs> brian, <laughs> brian Bruni. <laughs> uh yeah uh
1: yeah, david robertson and jose molina are probably my favorite players right now just because of the <laughs> things that they do uh, you haven't
2: written your david robertson piece yet
1: uh, i saw that
2: you requested some stats yeah. about him but
1: yeah, I haven't written a, a long thing about him. I don't know that it's anything new, really, maybe, but uh, there is interesting stuff about him. Maybe I'll just make my topic for today, David Roberts, and we can talk about the two players who fascinate me.
2: So Molina, um, though, uh, is the uh, sort of epitome of the catch-framing revolution, um, and he ra- routinely rates uh, basically at the very top of our um, catcher-framing mm-hmm. metric and um, uh, this year, according to um, Max, is it Marquis or Marchi?
1: I believe it's Marchi.
2: Uh, tweeted that he had been um, he had been worth 50 runs above average this year, um, ju- with catcher framing alone, which uh, is probably more what I want to talk about than what you wrote. Uh, you wrote uh, you showed. Molina's greatest frames, which was amusing and, and entertaining and all that. But I'm more interested in sort of the, the larger topic, which is the idea that these numbers could possibly be correct and what they mean for player evaluation. Mm-hmm. 50, 50 runs is um, essentially 50 runs uh, to give you a, um, a, uh, an idea is the difference between Miguel Cabrera and Miguel Olivo this year. Right. So what yeah, you're essentially I, saying is that Molina is an MVP candidate. Yes. And if he does this routinely, what you're essentially saying is that Molina, or a catcher like Molina, is a Hall of Fame candidate over the course of a career.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned in the, in the article that if you just add five wins onto his total, which basically was replacement level without the framing um, – then you get a a player who is over five wins and there are very, very few of those. There were 15 of them according to our, our stats this year. So
2: well, and uh, this is 50, isn't this 50 runs above average?
1: Yeah, but uh, I think it's, it's the same talking to, to Colin uh, because you, you, you like do the replacement level adjustment after uh, you add the runs. So it's not actually higher than that above replacement. And and replacement-level defense in a lot of cases is just average defense. Um, I don't know whether that's the case for framing, but so no. I said that if you just added those runs onto his total, then he would slot in between Adam Jones and and Giancarlo Stanton as like the twelfth uh, most valuable player and the most valuable player on the Rays. Um,
2: he didn't get a single MVP vote today.
1: <laughs> not one. Uh, one thing I didn't mention in the article was that Yadier Molina, I think, would be probably the best player in baseball if you added um, his framing, because Yadier. I wondered. Yeah, Yadier Molina was second among all catchers uh, with, I think, it was about 35 runs or something compared. And
2: to- Molina does this every year too. So you what? Uh, well, according, I mean, every year being like the couple years that right. figure this out but
1: well that's how you know that or that's one thing that at least gives me confidence in these numbers that there is a high correlation from year to year it's not just uh, it, it's not like looking at Babbitt or something for a pitcher that fluctuates from year to year a, a good framing catcher one year. Tends to be a good framing catcher the next. It seems to be a real ability or a skill that is persistent.
2: So if you had an MVP vote this year in the National League, did you vote? Did you get a vote for anything?
1: No, votes for anything.
2: If you had had the NL MVP vote and you had known this information about uh, Yadier Molina, would you have voted for him number one?
1: I think so. I think I would. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, uh, just out of curiosity, be- best guess. I mean, this is obviously just going to be a guess, but what year do you think it will be that people start voting for a hypothetical Yachty or Molina in a hypothetical MVP race like this? Uh,
1: where did what? I didn't even see the all the voting results. Where did Molina? Because he was one of the five finalists.
2: Yeah, nope. he was. I think he was third or fourth. He um he got two. Uh, I believe he got two votes from. Two uh, New York writers and uh,
1: first place uh, votes.
2: Yeah, first place votes. Uh-huh. I, yeah, and uh, and I saw that one of them wrote an explanation of it, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't read it. I wasn't okay. anticipating. Well, yeah.
1: So I mean, he hit three fifteen with twenty two homers, and everyone has a, a sense that he's really good at defense. I think that reputation probably comes more from his throwing than his framing. But um, people already are giving him credit for that um so i don't know yeah i probably would have voted for him i I guess it will be probably a long time before i would expect um a, a significant number of of award voters to look at framing or to incorporate that into their calculus for for their vote i don't think that will happen anytime soon really um but it would be interesting
2: so i've got a i've got a few kind of um uh, issues that this raises are uh, issues isn't quite the word because they're not uh negatives but uh things that i think about um uh one thing is uh uh, uh the idea that this is essentially cheating uh the, the you uh, mike fast and dan zimborski <laughs> I think I got that one right?
1: I do not know. In my head, I say Szymborski, but I have no idea how to say (laughs) it.
2: They kind of were talking on Twitter about this idea where um, Dan was saying that it's essentially like uh, cheating the IRS by um, disguising your income. And Mike is of the opinion that it is merely um, reporting accurately your income to the IRS and, um, you know, like looking for like, you know, every deduction that you can, but not, not doing anything illegal. And Mike's sort of position was that, that the it primarily manifests itself in, in not losing strikes yes. that, that, that the framing is actually about not losing strikes and that the guys who do worse are losing strikes in the strike zone by being fidgety and not catching it mm-hmm. quietly. What the, the images that you showed of Molina though, while specifically chosen for this, um, they showed Molina getting strikes on pitches that were nowhere near the strike zone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in fact, not only with, with framing, but the sort of, uh, you know, moving the glove after the fact and trying to sort of bring it back into the strike that zone. That works doing much
1: things. better for GIFs. You can't really show a GIF of a guy not getting – not blowing a pitch. It's not as fun to watch.
2: Yes. Uh, well, although it is kind of fun. To, uh, the, watching a guy blow a pitch is very yes, fun. Yes,
1: that can be fun too. But watching Selena um, not do that would not be fun. do
2: you, do you think that there's any ethical issue here at all? Do you think this is the sort of thing that uh, if players um, saw it happening, uh, realized what a big deal it was, uh, if, if, the, if the, the metric itself gained mainstream popularity, do you think there would be a backlash at all against these type of catchers?
1: Uh, I don't know. Possibly. I, I feel like the any backlash there is, and there was even some in my article in the comments section was not directed towards the catcher but just towards the system of uh, you know fallible umpires who can be influenced by these things I don't think anyone blames Molina necessarily for working within the the framework of a you know a system with a human umpire who cannot perfectly assess exactly where a, a pitch crossed the plate um, so I mean I think he's just working within the, the constraints of the current system and and some people see it as, Another reason why we need robot umpires, which I guess is a is a valid thing. Um, I would kind of miss it now that now that I'm aware of this. And, and it's one of my favorite things to watch in a game uh, and to and to look into statistically, I would miss it now if if there were no opportunity to do this.
2: Yeah, that's the sort of the second angle that I was thinking about, which is that this is a statistic that we don't really have the ability to go back and measure retroactively. Yeah. It it uh, which is kind of uh, it's always sort of a bummer when you have stats, especially as. Uh, we try to incorporate this into warp for instance uh, to have this real discrepancy between mm-hmm. the information we have about modern players and uh, unmodern players where unmodern in this case is like four or five years ago mm-hmm. it's it's uh, kind of hard to to know exactly what to do with that because this isn't insignificant information and it's not even like defense where obviously we have better, uh, understanding of defense now than we do, um, you know, looking back at a guy seventy years ago. But you can do a decent enough job um, replicating it. You can't replicate this at all before, before a couple years ago. And now, uh, I think that if this, regardless of what, uh, you know, regardless of how much this catches on, I think that probably robot home plate umpires are an inevitability within, I don't know, twenty years. And if this really um, if if this really changes the way people view umpires and catchers it could speed it up uh, this could be a stat that only exists for like i don't know 10 years that's kind mm-hmm. of a weird thing has there ever been a stat <laughs> that only existed for 10 years
1: like game winning rbi i guess was it the thing yeah you but could
2: i mean you could you, you can, can go back you could and, go back and yeah. look at winning rbis right. it, it, it would be uh, i don't know i could actually see this being a case uh, in fact i had a friend who uh, before i a couple years ago before catcher framing Metrics took off. I had a friend who would would argue that this actually this phenomenon is why we should have human umpires because it shows what a part of the strategy it is. It is not merely an arbitrary failing that has been introduced into the game, uh, umpire umpire error, uh, but it is actually part of the strategy. It is part of yeah. um, how a, ba- a player can stand out. It's integral to the game. It's part of the environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I suppose it's possible that if a guy like Molina, um, either Molina, takes on sort of cult status for his ability to do this, uh, there will be probably people who, um, who, who use that as justification for why the, um, you know, we shouldn't get rid of umpires. Because you would essentially be chopping the legs out from underneath a, um, a, a pretty good player. But I don't know. I, I tend to think that's not how it'll go. I think that exposing umpires' heirs uh, inevitably leads to the replacement of umpires or yeah. the uh, support I guess of, of umpires. So uh, so yeah so anyway it's it's kind of weird to think uh, that um, that this is a ephemeral measure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has made the game more interesting to me and I will miss it. Um, and I I would be in favor of robot umpires or, or some kind of standardized system otherwise, Uh, I don't really think there's that much romance in the human element or that losing that uh, Would really be losing something important except now that I'm aware of this. I would miss it I think uh, We should have replay as as much as possible and we should have automated systems as much as possible except that the framing has now given me some pause and I know that the the 50 runs number seems very high and that was some reaction to my article was how did he come up with 50 runs? Um, And Dan Turkenkoff, who is someone who has looked into framing in the past, posted in the comment section to my article um, that he found that the value of converting a ball to a strike was between 0.13 and 0.16 runs which means that Molina would have had to switch a ball to a strike 312 times uh, this season to make that number come out, which is every two and a quarter innings or so, uh, because he caught almost 7,000 pitches. So that seems uh, not crazy to me, having watched a lot of Molina highlights. It doesn't seem crazy to me that he could change a, a borderline pitch every two, three innings.
2: It's higher than I would have guessed, but it's not um, absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have guessed. I would have guessed maybe two per two per game.
1: Uh huh.
2: Um, so about half of of that, but mm-hmm. it's not absurd. It, it, you know, if you tell me that's the case, then you tell me that's the case. However, and it's the it, outlier.
1: I mean, he's he's the extreme, uh, guy who does this. No one yeah. else does it like that.
2: Um. So this kind of though goes to my third angle, which is um, assigning credit for this, mm-hmm. um, does, are you comfortable giving Molina those 50 runs, or um, is some part of this inevitably going to have to be divvied up between catcher and pitcher? Uh,
1: well, I think there are pitchers who have a tendency to get strikes on the edges of the zone. Um, that's something that Max adjusts for in his numbers, I believe. Uh, that some guys, I think it's guys who tend to kind of be, they're able to pinpoint the edge of the strike zone or just beyond it, kind of the, the Tom Glavin type who just lives out there and is able to paint the corner over and over, tends to get a slightly wider zone. So if that's the case, then I don't think you can just give it to the catcher. So I think you, it's complicated. You need to look and see whether... Uh, whether the pitcher has been able to expand the zone with different catchers um, before you can assign credit. So, no, I probably wouldn't give all 50 runs to Molina. You'd have to kind of look in and, and see, and that's what makes it complicated and why I'm glad Max is around to adjust for these things. Um, but, yeah, that that is something that he factors in because... You have to look at that, and uh, it's it's partially a a pitcher ability as well as a catcher ability. Though I think it's probably more towards the catcher end.
2: Yeah, the interaction between catcher and pitcher would be an interesting next level to study because uh, certainly I think if a if a catcher or sorry if a pitcher knew that his catcher had this ability, then it might change where his uh, you know mentally where he. He sets his own target for throwing, you know, where where he considers the boundaries of the strike zone. And and, uh, the catcher is, of course, uh, going to know his pitcher and know, uh, you know, when he sets up, he's going to know whether his pitcher is going to be able to hit that spot. And, I mean, essentially, a catcher is calling location uh, based on whether he thinks that location is going to get a strike just the same way that he calls a pitch, a fastball or a changeup based on the possibility that, that fastball or changeup is going to have a positive outcome. So, um, the catcher's role is, um, nonetheless, uh, you know, has to be accompanied by the pitcher executing the pitch. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, it's hard to know just how much to divvy it up. I mean, I don't know, pro- probably like, I don't know. I, I, I think that without thinking about it, my, my first reaction would be that it would probably be something like split down the middle. But uh, it might not be. It might be almost all on the catcher. It wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think um, that there is a player or, or has there ever been a player who, I guess, is so underrated or at least the, the difference in the perception of him by people who are aware of this and aren't aware of this? I mean has there ever been because the thing with Molina is that if you haven't heard of, of catcher framing or you haven't heard of it as a, a quantified thing, you think that he is I don't know if, a, if he's a bad player but he's kind of like you're he's the, he's the 25th guy on the roster almost he's uh,
2: he's Puerto Rican Jeff Mathis.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much he's uh, I don't yeah I mean he, he has a reputation as a good defensive catcher generally um but he's not a good hitter and and no one thinks of him as anything more than just kind of your typical catch and throw second or third string catcher who's uh you know like the last guy you you add to the roster really um and yet, if you're aware of this stuff and if you believe in this stuff, then you think he is on almost the short list of, of the best players in the league. Uh, and I guess that's what fascinates me so much yeah. about him. Because, I mean, normally when we say that a, a player is underrated or he's not fully appreciated, it's not there's not nearly the gulf between the perceptions of him that there is with Molina. It's like, well you know people are are aren't looking at this guy's walk rate or something he's actually a better hitter than than most people give him credit for something like that it's not it's not this massive difference between what two people might think of this player
2: well right it goes back to what we said at the beginning i mean this is hard i mean there has never been anybody i don't think who would fit this or at least not in the last i don't know 50 or 60 or 70 years because there's apparently No skill in baseball uh, other than... You know at the most basic level hitting and, and pitching there's no single skill in baseball that has this swing and I mean really what we're talking about is I mean what What is a guy like a guy like Doman is like negative 30 or 40 runs, right? Yeah, so you, you're talking so... about a You're talking about a 90 run swing mm-hmm. um, And there I mean, you know a 90 run swing is the difference between uh, Miguel Cabrera and the worst player in baseball this year mm-hmm. So that's the gap for one skill and mm-hmm. there isn't another skill in baseball baseball, um, that is that big. And so you, by definition, unless we discover something new, I mean, yeah, sure. Like you could say that, uh, you know, stolen base efficiency was underrated for a long time, but you, you know, the difference between the best base runner and the worst base runner in any given year is like 16 runs. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're just not going to, I don't think you're going to come up with anything like this. I, I guess it's conceivable that, um, that maybe in time uh, our relationship with, like, leverage, pitcher leverage could change where a guy like um, Mariano Rivera or, you know, Craig Kimbrell could – we could discover that, in fact, a well-leveraged re- reliever is, you know, as valuable as, um, you know, the the fiercest traditionalist argued and that you know in fact these guys should be mvps i mean you look at the mvp voting today yesterday if you're listening to this on friday and you know it's basically these guys these relievers are afterthoughts and then all of a sudden fernando rodney is number two on some guys ballot and it's conceivable that that we would change our opinions about pitcher leveraging and a guy like you know a, a top-notch closer could end up being um that valuable mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it's particularly likely, but that would be an example of something where you know you might close the gap uh, similarly to this. But mm-hmm. but no, otherwise no. I mean, this is this is um, this is sort of a, a paradigm shifting um, statistic, and it's hard to cope with.
1: And I wonder what that will mean when the the paradigm does fully shift. I I have talked to people with teams who I know. Subscribe to, to these numbers or, or their own version of these numbers. I know Max has also, in my article, I, I quoted Joe Madden citing that 50-run figure in a, an interview uh, on a Tampa Bay radio station. So,
2: And yet, Jose Molina is making how much money? $1.5 million. Right,
1: yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think it was sort of valid because Molina had... I mean, he's uh, 30, he was 37 years old, he is not in the best condition, and he'd never played anything close to a full season. Um, and the Rays signed him to be their starting catcher, really, which I think showed pretty strongly that they believed in these numbers. Um, and he did play, he played in a, a career high number of games, I think, um, and it's, yeah and so and he hit two, 2 223 with you know not much other value offensively
2: i don't know he was he's actually he, he wasn't was
1: bad he he's was, had much worse
2: he, <laughs> he was you could i mean you would if you take out catcher framing uh, he was probably worth his his salary this year yeah, i mean he had yeah. a he had an 80 ops plus and mm-hmm. he's otherwise a pretty good defender uh, defensive
1: yeah, fielder
2: i mean at least average ish
1: yeah um yeah, he, I mean, he has a 68 career OPA OPS
2: plus, and he was coming off it. He was coming, he was coming off, this off his season
1: yeah great offenses where
2: season, he yeah. yeah he was better than the league average hitter. I mean, you're right. He wasn't a full timer, but 1.5 million for that catcher. I mean, if you look at what they just signed, uh, what the Cubs signed Navarro for, and what the Braves signed, signed Laird for mm-hmm. to both be backups this year. I mean, that I would say that Molina's salary was essentially market rate framing uh, excluded.
1: Yeah, so. I wonder either will we get to a point where someone who has Molina's framing stats suddenly starts commanding more money or uh, will we get to the point where framing becomes selected as a skill to the extent that everyone can do it. Um, And then it's not so valuable because it's just the the typical thing. And if that happens, then I wonder what that means for, for league wide offense. And I, I mean, I, I, Doubt that has anything to do with the increase in strikeout rates so far. But if that catches on and every team has to have a good framing catcher, uh, then strikeout rates could go crazy. Um, I wonder what that will mean. Uh, and it's interesting to think about whether it's a skill that can be taught easily. I mean, you'd, you'd think that it, it's a skill that's easier to catch or easier to, to teach than, say, throwing or hitting. Um, which rely on these physical tools that you pretty much have to come prepackaged with. Uh, receiving a pitch seems like something that could be taught to a, a greater extent, um, or that there would at least be more players who are capable of, of doing it well. So I wonder then, will there come a point? I mean, Ryan Domit still caught 60 games or so this season for Minnesota, so will, ryan domit go the way of the dodo will we never see a ryan domit receiver again um i don't know i I wonder and i also and we don't know how the skill ages either we have no idea what the aging curve for framing is if there is one uh i mean if if molina is 45 years old and hitting 120 or something but he's worth 50 (laughs) runs Behind the plate because he can frame every pitch. Still, will will some team run him out there? Will it just be a good framing catcher just plays until he physically breaks down and, and can't stay in the lineup? Or
2: well, I'm a big believer in the idea that teams put their money where they you know where their opinions lie, and I think that um, the extent to which they really buy this and the extent to which this is really going to change the game will be apparent in the next couple of years. And, uh, and it will be apparent in how these guys get paid and um, how much fighting there is for players like Melina. So I think that it will be answered in time, and then it will probably be uh, irrelevant because of the robot umpires. Right. So,
1: well, it's a good thing that I didn't bring a topic because you brought my favorite topic, and I could talk about it every day.
2: Plus, it was apparent to me that you love saying Ryan Domet. <laughs> you <laughs> want to say it one more time?
1: Ryan Domet.
2: All right, Uh, we'll talk to you next week.